For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and... True courage is not knowing when to take a chunk, but when to spare it. And I'm Carter, and <laughs> nothing wrong with a bit of raw dwarf, nice and hunky. Ooh, good, good, that was great. Carter, <laughs> that you said you were the hunk, yeah. and now, were you just trolling us? Oh. Boo! <laughs> Whoa! Thanks, guys. First Whoa. joke on the podcast. Whoa. First podcast Whoa. joke. You don't know this, but they gave me 10 good minutes to recover from that funny, funny joke. <laughs> I vomited twice. I laughed much. I've changed my pants um, already. I bought a mattress. Yeah. That's why I'm a hunk. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. So, so I'd shout them out, but that's not legal. They don't sponsor they us. They don't sponsor us yet. Well, obviously this week we're continuing with week two of our series that you all know and love called Do You Believe in Magic? This second week of our series, we're talking about a movie that we are pumped to talk about. You know it as The, the Hobbit, Hobbit, an, an unexpected, unexpected journey, or an, an unexpected, unexpected philosopher for our friends across the pond. Always looking out for our friends across the pond. You pond, you pond boys. Pond we got boys. You. This podcast, it's a podcast for you. Hey, dudes. Wow. Don't make me snooze. Hit me with a snooze. Oh, that's great. You've been getting better and better at pitching that to I me. Know. The Hobbit, an unexpected journey or an unexpected philosopher for our friends across the pond, mm -hmm. begins with kind of some kind of flashback, I guess. Uh, we see a dragon attacking the mountain stronghold of Erebor. Smoke. The dragon attacks the mountain stronghold of Erebor and forces the dwarves to flee their ancestral home. Uh, something about the Arkenstone that doesn't really matter in this movie. Um, and then we're in the Shire and we see Bilbo. And we see we Frodo. This is old Bilbo and Frodo. And so the movie begins and kind of forks off. And if you follow Frodo, you get to Lord of the Rings. If you follow Bilbo, you get to this movie. And it's and the day of the beginning. Like exactly. technically they open on. Yeah. It's like a it's like day. a choose your own adventure Blu-ray. And yeah. you watch to there. And then if you want to keep watching The Hobbit, you play this one. If you want to watch Lord of the Rings, you play the other one. Um, but yeah, then this story unfolds and it we flash back 60 years, 50 years some years, uh, to Martin Freeman's Bilbo, and this is the adventure that he goes on with Gandalf and the dwarves to uh, help them get back to Erebor. To be continued, and then continued again. Yep. And then continued once uh, again. Yep. Uh, so it is fortunate, this is the only way it's fortunate, that we get to kind of go back and forth between Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, luckily, Hey, oh, that, well, great. There's six six movies in this Lord of the Rings series. That's the only thing that makes it 
good <laughs> is that it's not like eight and six yeah. or seven and three. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much the only, only benefit reason. of The Hobbit being in this. Yeah. And I think it would yeah. be good to preface, um, kind of detail in. First of all, shout out to the people that thought we were going to be really harsh on Harry Potter, discovering we're not. And now The Hobbit walks in and we Oops. kind of punt him. <laughs> but then he's caught by an eagle. So yep. he'll be fine. Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. Dozier, give us a little bit about what Peter Jackson had to go through for this. And and this breaks my heart. Yeah. Because he was so thoughtful with what we'll get to do in about a month. Yeah. With the with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yep. I'm telling you, and that 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 well, is it, a series of movies that I feel very confident saying is a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. Like yeah. That it's it's just on another level from so much stuff. Well, and that's so why this is clearly not a I Peter know. Jackson issue. It sucks, you know? man. It's yeah. such a bummer. So, so Warner Brothers initially had Guillermo del Toro on board for this. You Which know I him. wish I could have seen that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Have you seen like the concept designs for his characters and stuff? So he, I don't know that I remember. He, he like, looks incredible. It's amazing. He's, his is he like the best fully kind of designed stuff. out and realized this unique vision of Middle Earth that was still largely compatible with Peter Jackson's yeah. from the original trilogy, but still it was its own thing and it was lighter and it was whimsical because the hobbit is a children's book right um and which this would have been well that would have been the best case scenario absolutely yes. is if he uh, would so, have had the reins so warner brothers said hey well, gdt we love the stuff that you've done we need it to be a trilogy uh, my understanding is that this is what yeah, the falling what out was too. about right uh but ultimately there was disagreement and guillermo del toro left the project but all of the designs he made for the characters were copyright gdt uh, Warner Brothers said, hey, Peter Jackson, you did the list ones. You did the last Lord of the Rings movies. Can you please come in? Is that do- Wildcat? What? I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> There's nobody else in the studio with us. Um, <laughs> they said, hey, can you come in and do these Hobbit movies? And he said, sure. And they said, oh, by the way, we're not changing the timeline. Yeah. So you have now <sighs> months to do all the pre-production and planning and stuff as compared to the like literal years that he had for Lord of the Rings. So yeah. there were reports he's quoted as saying that he would spend his lunch break trying to figure out how to approach a scene because he had to shoot the scene that afternoon. Like this he was just me so sad. flying by the seat of his pants. And I think it took its toll even on the actors. And I mean, certainly the finished product is a far cry from great, but sure. like even the performances, like I, I, I know you guys have at least heard the story of Sir Ian McKellen's experience shooting this movie. Yeah. Where he uh where he just broke down crying because he's in a green screen room by himself and he's like, This isn't acting. Yeah. This isn't what I wanted to do. Yeah, right. This is horrible. Well, and 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 that really lends itself to how much, much, much of this movie appears to have been shot on a soundstage. Well, yeah. and and Sir McKellen, he actually got to experience what the media loved about making Lord of the Rings. Everyone was talking about they basically all lived together, mm-hmm. yeah. took some breaks every now and then, but they all lived together in New Zealand. And Became they so close. Yes, it yeah. took three, four years. I can't remember exactly how many, but they just filmed them all mm-hmm. yep. and did all that together. Became so close. You get to see a lot of that in the uh, director's cut and all the juicy extended things yeah. and like behind the scenes behind the stuff. Scene stuff. Yeah. Just pranking each other and, and how fun and that was. was. Just not it. And they took all his friends away. Yeah. So an interesting green screen. <laughs> they took his friends away and gave him a green screen. That sucks. It does suck. <laughs> an interesting thing that happened with this movie when it premiered. Did you guys? You saw this in theaters. I'm yeah. assuming, right? Yes. We didn't see it together. Yeah. Um, 
Did you see it in 48 frames per second? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. So this is the movie. I do remember that. This is the movie that Peter Jackson, and I think it was kind of just a desperate grab of like, I promise there's something good about this. But he said, we're changing the game. We're showing this in 48 frames per second. And it looked like daytime Spanish television in the movie theater. It was so bad. But because of that, so they had to... I'm going to get really camera dorky. No, do it. My other job, besides being a podcast host, <laughs> involves cameras. Um, they had to increase the shutter speed of this. And so in order to shoot at 48 frames per second, uh, they had to increase the shutter speed. And so that's why all of the motion in this movie looks like really jerky. It looks like 300. Like, yeah. you know, when you in the fight scenes in 300, when you can see each raindrop like very clearly, yeah. like each right, drop of blood right, very right. clearly. The motion in this is so jerky and feels weird because we committed in production that we're going to change the game and show things at 48 frames per second and it didn't work. Right. Well, actually, when we're ta- while we're talking about cameras, a huge dump I have for this movie is like how saturated everything is. Yeah, it looks like Narnia. It looks it like a look coloring like book. Yeah. And, and not in the Hobbit kid-friendly way, just in like a cheap, cheesy kind of way. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I actually like how bright it is and like easy to see what's happening. Yeah. But the color saturation is like too much. Well, it doesn't match. Like that's the thing. And, and we talked a little bit about discrepancies in tone last week. Right. Um, when we were talking about Harry Potter and how that, like we're trying to tell this grown-up story in a kid's world. And like, we kind of get that same thing here where it's like, there's this weird balance of like whimsy with trolls that are talking in like a big cartoony goblin king, but then like absolute evil incarnate in the form of the necromancer. Like, it's just like, we don't know what we're trying to do. To me, what this feels like is just, probably what was going on in Peter Jackson's heart yeah, and in his mind. (laughs) He was like, wait a second. I've done, and let's, I just want to talk about the accolades for both series. Um, You're talking Harry Potter and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, So the Hobbit had seven total Academy Award nominations and actually won one, which was, I think a cinematography or something along that lines. I'm, I'm in my mind, I separate the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. These are, these are two completely separate things. Yeah. So that's what did the worst out of all of it. Harry Potter just had 12 nominations. 12 nominations, no wins. Did you know Harry Potter did not win any Oscars at no, all? I really? I, not won. even for like sound design or special effects? No, That's but so when you think about it, when Fellowship was released the same year, like a month apart from yeah. Harry Potter, you're not, those, they're competing against they're, each other they're most, not, not even the close. Yeah. most years. Uh, the Lord of the Rings series, just the trilogy, Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King, 30 Academy Award nominations and 15 Academy Award wins. Wow. And so when we talk about how uh, it it would be expected that three guys that love movies and and really dissect movie making would feel most jazzed about these three things. We are not ever going to like ignore the good things about Harry Potter. No, yeah, but we you cannot argue the facts show these were better movies when we get there. Like yes. these were made sure. well. That is why it just pisses me it's off. Heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking yeah. to see The Hobbit like this. Yeah. It still made a billion dollars. Sure. Uh, of course. It made like $1.2 billion. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm guessing that was kind of the business side of it and the push of Warner Brothers. But that is the thing that just kills me. I, th- I thought that Peter Jackson had been put on such a pedestal after the original Lord of the Rings series that they wouldn't do stuff like this to yeah. a guy like yeah. that. Um, here, it's, here's it's, the thing is post, post Nolan Batman trilogy, I don't trust Warner Brothers with series anymore. They get money hungry and they get greedy and they cut corners to try and like do all like. Yeah, because this was at, right around the same time that they were like, we have the best idea for a Man of Steel sequel, Ben Affleck's Batman, yes. and they hate each other. 
Yes. And, and, and like, I don't know what it is, but post post Nolan, when it comes to anything more than just a standalone movie, Warner brothers studios cannot make anything good. Cause this is Warner brothers. Yeah. Warner brothers and new right? line cinema. Isn't it? Yeah. Harry, Harry Potter is also Warner brothers. Yeah. And so. that's, I think that's what happened. I think the biggest thing is that they had this cash cow that they were milking since the late nineties. I just made a really gross hand motion when I said yeah, milking. You yeah. You can't, <laughs> it's an audio medium. And so be very thankful for that. They had this cash cow that they were milking since the late nineties. And then when Harry Potter ended, they were, they were like, Oh crap, we can't yeah. print any money anymore. We've got to make some more franchises. Yeah. And Spoilers for my true opinion on Fantastic Beasts. I think that's where those movies ended up coming from. Is we just need more cash? Yeah, yeah. don't text me about that, but that's where that came from. <laughs> but uh, let, let's, let's. are we ready to just sort of jump in at the beginning of this story? We yeah, that's great. Fast for this we movie. Do right, and I thought, it, I thought it was a good start. I really did love, there's there's still imagery, and at least they spent time and were thoughtful on sure. that. Sure, yeah. Know, we have this, the smoke ring meant something more to me at the very beginning of this. Yeah. Something that we get to do that's so unique about this that might have been the same kind of vibes of when Star Wars went back and did Phantom and all that kind of stuff is we get to and and I would argue that more people who watch Harry Potter and saw it in theaters had read those books over people actually having yes. read Lord of the Rings. Oh, 100%. a lot of that has to do with how dense it is. Yeah, that's what it I was really thinking. is. Like the, um, Lord of the Rings manages to be the most accessible form of that story, and The Hobbit to me manages to be the most inaccessible form of the hobbit story yeah. yeah exactly that's such a good way to put it um but we start going through this and uh we get to see the characters and so they did a lot at the very beginning to try and muster up the same feelings of something we've already experienced before yeah. we yeah. had these when we got to see i, I think your pump your super pump do no jordan your super yeah. pump was when the three kids meet each other together. on the train yeah. yeah but we only we're only going back in our minds to what we read it's informed in this yeah. in this now we're going back to what we saw in the movie sure. so now i can't really compare the hobbit to the book of The Hobbit anymore. It's mostly compared to the series I've already seen. And, and I'll yeah. be honest. And that's seeing, why it gets its butt kicked. Seeing The Shire and seeing Bag End, I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, I, I did too. Love. Oh, yeah. And I they love it. They did a great job The Hobbit that. theme. Yes. Dude, every time hey, I get email a little us, choked up. Email us if you want that recording of Jordan singing <laughs> The Hobbit theme as your text tone. <laughs> Oh, please. I'll just do it live every time you get a text. I'll just follow your... I got nothing to do. But yeah, so. that's super interesting. That's a good point. Like, I loved seeing old Bilbo and Frodo again. Like, that was so fun. But <laughs> Except I did not like how Frodo looked. Yeah, it was I don't was know. Like, something about... Maybe his He was hair, a little more know. glowy. Yeah. Yeah, it was digital de-aging. Like, that's the next, thing. Like Next movie, we'll get to people that are glowy that shouldn't be glowy. We'll talk about that when we get to Desolation of Smog. Smog. But, but uh, definitely. Yeah, Frodo, it, it almost feels like... I don't know. It feels to me like we see them at the beginning of this movie and then the rest of this movie unfolds and I go, what did you do to Bilbo and Frodo? Why did you put them in this? You ruined yeah. them for me now. You know what I mean? And that, that sucks, Which, not at all. But Not at all. It well, didn't, didn't happen. But there is that element of like, no, they're mine. While we're, yeah, yeah no, 100%. And while we're yeah. in the Shire, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to yeah. drop my super dump right here. Go, okay. go, go. We waste 40 minutes of this movie yep. in a room full of people yelling at each other and then going, nah, 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 nah. like, it's the most... Child, the most childlike thing about this movie isn't even kid friendly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The most childlike thing about this movie is the argument at the beginning and how cartoony it is. And it's so boring to watch. Yes. This movie takes forever to get going. And that's because that's because they forced him to extend yeah, it to three. He was, when, when Peter Jackson was brought in, as I understand it, his push was, I'll come in and do this if I can do it in two. And Warner Brothers said, yeah, totally. Shot the whole thing while he's editing it. They say, hey, by the way, we do need three of those. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and so this, this whole beginning, just even getting to the point of the movie is so long. Yep. Yeah. It has a tough, it has a tough time using like consistently using a strategy because they do a good job. I love the the dwarf song that do 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 do. That's actually yep. that's actually something that they recite in the book, right? Mm-hmm. And so some things that they did that were cool is oh we'll we'll make that into a song that we didn't really know what the tune was. And it became the dwarf but, theme. Yeah. Yes, but then but they also decide to do that with we're cleaning the dishes. Yeah, let's yeah. get on to Bilbo, and then even later with the goblins about how because like. Tolkien was great. He loved iambic pentameter and rhyming and, and yeah. doing all that kinds there's of so stuff. There's so many songs in the book. There's yeah. so many songs in the book. Um, but this was, yeah, we said it from the start. It can't decide if it's a whimsical kids movie. Sure. Well, or, and, and we we had a, a sort of similar, not complaint, but a similar thought about uh, Philosopher's Stone for our friends across the pond. Sure. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it is a kid story, but it's building to this horrible thing with Voldemort. Right. This is almost the opposite of that movie where it's almost like check out this place we're familiar with as a, a very like dark and serious place, yeah. but like here's a fun beauty and the beast song while you wait. Yeah. It's just so strange. It is totally wrong. In in comparing, neither of what chronologically are the first of these series do a very good job of really making us scared of the ultimate evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um which I know they're not supposed to because they're not at full strength. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it for something that's so pivotal to the plot, it shouldn't be such a side well, note. Well, right. The Hobbit isn't even made to bear that narrative weight. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. not supposed to get introduced to the ultimate evil of Middle Earth. It's supposed to be a fun story about, hey, here's how Bilbo got his magic ring. Yeah. You know I think I mean? with the success of the original Lord of the Rings series, there were enough people that went back and read the books or just studied up on the lore of yeah. everything and got lost in Tolkien yeah. that no one would have been offended if you hadn't connected... No. Tried so hard to connect in well, so many different the ways. Ring. The other two, right? Like that is the it's, it's already it's, there. Yeah, like Gandalf, Smeagol, Bilbo. Like the main that guys the are still yeah. there. The the problem we run into it's the same thing that George Lucas did when he made the the Star Wars prequels. It's that every single little thing has to have a connection point. So it's like we can't just have R two D two be a droid that Luke buys in Episode four. He's got to be Anakin's droid first, and Anakin has to build C three PO, and they everybody has to know each other. And in so doing, and I think this is the same problem. That happens in the hobbit but because of that the star wars universe after the prequels were completed began to feel like a really small story about a big disagreement between like 20 people yeah and lord of the rings feels the same way where it's like man it's kind of just these like like about 12 people yeah and this is what the whole story is about it's it loses its big dramatic Which stake they shouldn't even be yeah they shouldn't even be in the same conversation the same like yeah. almost mistake between the two because of so when i was in oxford i got to go to this exhibition this museum that had a lot of Tolkien's just mind on paper. I got yeah. to see the many different versions of, as you said, he created the world and they put people in it, mm-hmm. uh, which is what makes it so immersive. And they do, they do actually do a pretty good job of some world bin- building once we get there. Probably yeah. not as good as Sorcerer's Stone did for something that was so massive. Um, and, but then the calendars to know, like, if they ever mention history, you can be sure that that is actually when that happened during the yeah. Earth. Yeah. And that's because Tolkien did that. And and all the languages, it's just beautiful. It, it is so immersive. Uh, I think they did a good job with the dwarves mm. to the extent of like how they looked. 
they they went back to basically a lot of what Weta Workshop had done in Lord of the Rings. That was the mm-hmm. people in charge of all the costuming and all the prosthetics and things like that. It's it's at its strength when it's doing that. Were and they I a wish, little more cartoony? They well, I, I think, think what happened. Were. I think were the there was a little more cartoony. Maybe, but maybe that was another manifestation of the in between. Yeah. Like, Isn't Gimli really the only like we don't see many other dwarves though? Right? No, you living. Don't. Not you don't really, see any no. living ones. So, like, maybe they're not cartoon. Maybe yeah. Gimli is just a really hot dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hot dwarves, Killy? there were like like three or four <laughs> hot dwarves, which was weird. That Killy was strange. Yeah. 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 And I don't. I think they they were so good at hair and tattoos and weapons and just kind of the vibe of each individual dwarf that they didn't really have to make their faces look. Yeah. So. Did you notice that one dwarf hundred percent had a bump it in? Yep. <laughs> Definitely. A what? A, a bump, bump it. it. What's that? The thing that bumps up girls' hair in the front right when in the it's, front. Uh, it's like a pl- it's 100% like a, had yes. like a 90s bump it in his hair. Yep, I was, absolutely. Callie pointed out to me I was dying. That's funny. <laughs> Looks ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I mean, while you why <laughs> while you bring up Weta Workshop Wow, that must have been tough to say. That's that a is, that's that a sounds tongue tough. twister, man. While you bring up Weta Workshop. While you bring up Weta Workshop. Uh and the fantastic work they did on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I think it's time for my super dump. Okay. Whoa. And my super dump here is the vis- overall visual palette of this movie. Okay, yep. Specifically targeted orcs. at the orcs. Yep. They don't look like the same type of thing. It doesn't look like the same kind of being even as... Even the physical, or even the practical effect orcs. Even the practical smooth. orcs. And the goblins, they don't look like the goblins. Like it's... And and maybe we're supposed to say, okay, they're from a different part of Middle Earth. They're like a different subspecies of orc. But it looks like a totally different thing. Yeah. They did. They were okay. I think in the Lord of the Rings series, they do a good job of showing... Because there is a difference between orc and urukai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Urukai are the things that were birthed from... These were like these demented, tortured elves, former yeah. elves that had been grown in the ground and in yeah. the earth. Yes, those look... come out of the, the mud they, Yeah, they found all the biggest yep. New Zealand people in the yeah. world and put them in makeup. I'm going to um, be in Urukai. But they do like, so the orcs, the okay. orcs, the orcs that we see um, that are actually, you know, intermingled with the Urukai and stuff, but like outside of Fanghorn, they're like, yeah, I want some eats. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. These kind of look a little more like that. I understand that they were trying to differentiate and be creative. And I, I want to point out all those. Can we, can we talk about, I mean, we haven't really left the Shire, have we? No, you want to? I mean, can we go? Let's leave. Yeah, let's go. Um, we'll have to see. There was a, for everything that he Gandalf. went through, Ian McKellen still stays true to yes. the Gandalf that we saw before, um, which was great. And mm-hmm. so I, I loved that. And I think I talked a little bit earlier. There might be more in common between Dumbledore and Gandalf than I had remembered because yeah. Gandalf really does almost nurture. He is that Hot Wheels track. He is the movie. Hot Wheels track. Um, well, in, yeah, in this movie is the key yeah, phrase yeah. there. Because what is so great too and what is such an awesome theme is is how much he, one of the most powerful beings in Middle Earth, I, I love a, a scene later where he says, I've never been so happy to see someone. Yeah. And it's yeah. Bilbo, the least of these, uh, yeah. which is biblical. And it's I think it's just great that they do that. And so their relationship was one of, I, I pump how Martin Freeman and Ian McKellen work together. Yeah. Yes. Um, because those relationships were great. And Martin Freeman did a good job, I think, of He was actually almost my super pump. 
I, th- I think he does a good job. He has he has some some things that he almost uses too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for that, instance, his hands going and then yeah. slapping his sides. Yeah, I think that fleshes <laughs> out a little bit later. But we're here. Martin Freeman is my super. Yeah. Pump. Okay. Cool. He's that makes sense. Phenomenal. He Big is he is too. just absolutely riveting to watch in this movie. Which like, ca- I'm never tired of him being on screen. Casting Bilbo well could have been the difference between a, just an atrocity. And a watchable atrocity. Watchable yeah. atrocity. He, yeah. He, is, yeah. he is one of the most redeeming aspects of this series. I agree. Martin, well, and first of all, I just love Martin Freeman. Yes. Like yeah. in general, I've Do never more disliked stuff, him. Please. Um, but he he really is the perfect young Bilbo, which just kind of bums me out in a way of like, if only the setting were. I know. I imagine better. there's there's got to be a way to tell this story in like one movie, even honestly like a. Yeah, I'd say a movie. I was gonna say like a short film I as an been extra. Happy with two, two yeah. movies. I could have been fine with that. And we're just falling right back into what the plan had been all along. Yeah, which is what it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. but that would not have made like almost three billion dollars. Yeah. It would have only made about two billion dollars. Sure. Yeah. Um. So we've left the Shire. We've left the Shire. Left we're so on the road. something we uh, a big part that we get when we talk about the background of the the mountain is we have the introduction of the pale orc. We do. Yep. Uh, which was a manifestation of really having to stretch this series because he's he's only really an appendices type mm-hmm. character. He did exist, so that's not something they completely made up. Uh, and, and he was uh, an antagonist to yeah. some of the protagonists that we see. When you said series, my phone thought that it was talking, that you were ah, talking to her. That's weird for a Google phone. That is weird. <laughs> so uh, I guess speaking of orcs and villains have we kind of arrived at the uh the fire with the trolls there's not a whole lot in between now and then huh yeah i think it's it's it's, the book is episodic there's not there's not a huge amount of of like connective tissue between we got the orcs and then we got the elves and then we got this and we got this so let's for the remaining time that we have let's kind of go episodic so sure is the is the trolls the next thing we got i think so yeah okay Let's do it. Let's hit it. What um, do we think about those three big boys? Uh, the only thing I like about this scene is that they freeze in the same pose that we see later on. In is it Fellowship when they walk past? It might be Fellowship. I, I can't remember. We see those trolls maybe again. towards the end of it where yeah. they have that big fight. Yeah, I like that, and and I think that the trolls' personality of just kind of dumb giant booger monsters is actually pretty true to their portrayal in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that. I think the scene, much, much like a lot of other things in this movie, goes on for far too long. I think we spend way too long at this fire. Um, this is the scene overall is a dump for me, but the final frozen pose and the arrival of Gandalf, yeah, is a yeah. Huge the way for me. the way that he exposed the sun to them in yeah. terms of just breaking a boulder in half yeah. was pretty Very cool. cool. Uh, yeah. This was uh, in terms of. The storyline, we're able to. I think this might be the first opportunity we get to see a little bit of of Bilbo's chops, like in terms yeah. of what he can contribute to this group. Uh, there was some good humor in there. Yeah, uh, it hadn't been beat to death yet, but um, again, this this is really one of the times I thought it, it was pretty long. But that is, those are pretty beloved characters in the whole Lord yeah. of the Rings series, just because this was a. This was probably the first time in The Hobbit that we really get outside of dwarves and hobbits like uh-huh. mythical creatures. Yeah. Like these are the the first time that there's in the flesh 
uh, antagonists yep. in the entire Tolkien series. Uh, and they do a good job of that. And we get to see personality of Tolkien uh, through these three. I like what you said about showing Bilbo's chops here because it's it, in the book, it's all Gandalf. Like Gandalf's whole thing is we've got to trick these trolls into mm-hmm. freezing into stone. But in the movie, I love that it's Bilbo's idea because then we get to make him a protagonist that unfortunately is capable of carrying three movies, but he's a protagonist. Well, yeah. and, the, and the, the problem here, and we won't get too far into this because we'll talk about it a lot when we get to the actual trilogy, but the thing about Frodo as our quote-unquote protagonist of the the real trilogy of Lord of the Rings is that he is not capable and that he is not worthy. Yeah. And that's what makes him so interesting. Not even really clever. No. Yeah. Like, Bilbo is witty and but clever. But that, that's and what makes him perfect. Exactly. But that's why Bilbo can't have the ring anymore. Is, right. Is and, and, Frodo the... The Brian O'Connell of <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I think I would say Brian O'Connell is O'Connor. Brian O'Connor, Conan O'Brien, is the Frodo mm. of Fast and Furious. Ooh. Both played by the same actor too. That's <laughs> crazy, oh, oh, Unbel- unbelievable. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, here we go. Like in Mount uh, Doom. Ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> or can you picture Elijah Wood in Fast and Furious? No. <laughs> um. So, uh, I want to pump on the arrival of the elves in the open field after we bump into the orcs. Because the design of the elves' armor is so sick. Yeah, I love Huge the elves. Huge pump on the elves' design. Yep. Um, this was still Hans Zimmer, right? Did he do the Hobbit series? No, no, Hans Zimmer didn't do either one. It was Howard Shore. Howard Shore. I'm so yeah. sorry. That's what I meant. Howard Shore. I guess Hans Zimmer came up in my mind when we were talking about Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I think but it is, is Howard Shore is Howard the whole Shore, time. Yeah. And so he did such a good job... With I, I don't feel like we get it as much in Harry Potter. There's like two or three themes in Harry Potter that repeat themselves. Oh my goodness. Here yeah. comes evil. Here comes ultimate good. Here comes here comes lightning butter, bolt letters. Butterbeer. Yeah. And then in Lord of the Rings, though, they have given, and for those familiar with Peter and the Wolf, Peter and the Wolf is an old, I mean, essentially it's a soundtrack, but it's just there's no words, but mm-hmm. it's specific instruments given to specific people. The French horn. Howard Shore does the heck out of some French horn. But he, I thought of this because when the elves come in, we get a familiar, like yep. they start adding some vocals in there, the choir, everything that they do with with just the really high-pitched, like, I don't know what to call it because I don't want to try it. But you would know <laughs> what that is. I think you should yeah. try it. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. Pretty. Yeah, Perfect. so yeah. pretty. So, yeah. So um, I, I'll try and find this for when we talk about the real Lord of the Rings movies. Um, but there's a, a breakdown that I found where somebody has gone through and analyzed all of his compositions for all three movies and identified it's something like 25 to 50 separate and distinct themes. themes. It's so for different good. things. And the way they all work together. Like, I, I'm telling you, like, there's stuff he didn't even have to that. use yet in this one because yeah. it is because we never saw Legolas, Gimli, Legolas. and Aragorn together. But yeah, like, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. like, we don't yep. get that, but we get the Hobbit. I think what the first time that we get the one that you really love, that's like, na, 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 na. a lot of singing in this episode. Yeah, it's a good it's one. It's going to be. <laughs> For all of Lord of the Rings. It's much later on when we have the the really huge moment when Bilbo decides whether or not he's going to kill Smeagol. Yeah. And they yep. give just a little bit of that. But it's it's its own character. And there's some of my favorite movies ever. The soundtrack almost could flesh out to a character yeah. in itself. Yeah. 
So do do they go to Rivendell in the book? I do not remember. It has been literally a decade or more since I have read this book. I think they do. Okay. I, I think they do. So uh, I wanted to dump on the journey to Rivendell because it is so short and pointless and we spent so much time at boring oh, places earlier. Because the best way to get there is fall down a hole. Right. Yeah. But we spent so much time watching people argue in a room and we couldn't even spend an extra 10 minutes in Rivendell, one of the coolest places in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Right. And... Normally, I like winking at the audience in appropriate places, but to me, when they brought the thing and were like, only the moon from the day that it was born can show you the map, and that's tonight. It's like, okay, great, You are certainly lucky. Yeah, I think that was a point to fate. and Because there's a lot of things that come up to where it's like, this was the perfect time to do this. I agree. Because I think that's actually from the book. Um, But... I was sitting there, and as we have Galadriel, who I love. Yes. Yep. We Kate, have Kate Blanchett and Sir Ian McKellen, the only two actors to appear in all six Lord of the Rings movies. Ba-bam. Really? Yeah, I guess because Christopher Lee's not in all of them. Yep. Yep. Also, and, Christopher Lee looked, I mean, this was shortly before he passed away. Yeah. He looks very, very skeletal yeah. in yeah. this. Yeah. He looks like near passing away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we have Elrond. I started. It was something that had already crossed my mind before with the series. But if you're a bigger actor, you're going to be a part of big epics. Do you want to go through really quickly how many of these characters are in Marvel, like in the MCU? I don't know if you can technically count Magneto in the MCU yet because he no. was separate. But Ian McKellen did play right. he was an in MCU a character. Movie, yeah. Kate Blanchett was in Thor. Yep. Elrond is Red Skull. Martin Freeman is the... American agent. Yeah. That Later we, we see. get to Benedict Cumberbatch as Smauk. Yes. Smauk? Doctor Strange. Uh, Andy Serkis is Claw mm-hmm. yep. in Smeagol. And he's also in Star Wars, which is and another huge. Like, that's the like, thing. Like, these are these are guys. They're like, they're franchise guys. And then Christopher Lee touches Star Wars yeah. too as, as Count Dooku. Oh, but, he totally does. Um, there was, there's somebody else. Like, it was just so. Who is it? Oh, well, we don't we don't have her yet, but Evangeline Lilly is yeah. in yeah, yeah. Uh, Ant Man. We'll and get the Wasp. to her. But anyways, um, in, in Rivendell, actually, my, my super pump was almost here. Okay. Um, and it's when they're when they're talking about the necromancer, simply because I, I literally sat up and was like, finally, something interesting. And I yeah. know it's not from The Hobbit. I get that. And that's that's fine. I just enjoyed like the moment where he talks about how the tomb has been opened and the sword from the tomb is there. So obviously the body's there and a little yep. clarification of like. You know, if we're going to go ahead and sprinkle in stuff that wasn't in the book anyway, then I'm down to make it stuff about how Sauron comes back. Yeah. And so I I, I loved that scene of Gandalf, Saruman, Galadriel, and who else was up there? Elrond. Elrond, Elrond was up there. The White Council. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the scene of the four of them, for the first time, besides soundtrack stuff, that was one of the scenes that gave me some... Lord of the Rings. See, and I think that's the problem is like the, this movie tries so hard to tell you that story. Yeah. But we don't need that story and we don't need this movie to tell us no, that story. I, I would actually argue that that story could have made, like if they wanted to do a Hobbit story and then a Necromancer Chronicles type story where Gandalf is the lead. Necromancer Chronicles sounds like the most young adult <laughs> fiction thing uh, in the whole dips. world. Trademark. Yeah. Well, Got Amazon it. does have their, I, I think they're about to do very similar things with the White Council. Cimmerillion type vibes, it's right? It's young Aragorn. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it is, is it really? The, the rumor that I heard is that it's young Aragorn as a ranger after Ew. he had left. I actually don't Gondor. love that. I don't Are like you that as much joking? as joking. No, no way. 
I don't, I don't like, like that. that as much as we as don't need to see was... characters. It's the same thing with these Star Wars story spinoffs. We don't need to see characters we've already seen. It's no a way. Big, it's Eat a my big, farts, big dude. world. I, Eric, I'll watch anything you see, put. That case, I would bring, my me, farts. bring I hope, me back. To I would hope they at least work in like Sauron taking over Middle Earth the first time. Yeah. Huff down <laughs> on dudes. That's all I'm saying. Just brings us back to there's only twelve important characters in every fantasy universe, and every spinoff has to be about them when they're young or when they're old. <laughs> if it's Aragorn, I'll take it. That's all I'm saying. But it's what? not going to be Vigo. No, it definitely won't be. <laughs> what if it was? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. What if it's that would be late fifties Vigo. <laughs> just like just playing, what's, what's playing up? kid Aragorn. <laughs> I'm the ranger. Oh gosh, I love it. So anyway, we we're, so we're finished with the White Council, right? We leave yeah, Rivendell yeah. and we go where? The dwarves have left. Oh, they go to. Is this when they? Go to the goblins. Already yeah, they go now? to. The, yeah, I think so because they. The next thing that we see is my super dump, I believe. Uh oh. All right, take us there. The the giant fight, the stone giant fight. Oh yeah. It was just so over the top of just like. Whoa, whoa, oh, 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 yeah. Wow. So in the book, that's a. It is literally one sentence where Thorin says, "We can't go this way because there might be giants that would pick us up and throw us around like a football." Yep. And so in the movie, instead of him warning them and them not doing it, they just do it. They just do it. And it's this like like five-minute Pacific Rim-style stone giant fight that amounts to nothing because nobody dies. There's no consequence for it. Yep. Nothing happens. I'm going to go ahead and super dump. Do and it. It's not exactly this scene, but it's a lot of what we see. And I'm, I'm just going to call it Mr. Magooing. <laughs> if you're yep. familiar with the character Mr. Magoo, he is just this yeah. blind man who happens to stay alive. Yep. Things just fall into place and he never gets hurt. The these this whole company Magoo's their way <laughs> the through this whole series. I think it happens in the next one, but the I, I don't want to. I don't want to do a a pre super dump. But when yeah. they're in the stupid river inside the barrels, oh, with the GoPros, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they magoo through everything. It's like exactly what you were saying. I thought in my head, like whoa, whoa, like <laughs> whoa, it just happens whoa. to be that these two things are together. <laughs> Not the hey, rocks. Here's a question for you guys: Is every character in this some form of Middle Earth Jar Jar? Just mag- mag- <laughs> magooing their way through the whole adventure and just and out of our hearts and getting <laughs> being lucky to be alive at the end, but then somehow everybody gets around them and goes, "Wow, such a hero!" Hey, uh, while you're while you're talking about that, yeah, I just want to. Th- I don't know if now's the right time to talk about him, but just real briefly, could they have made Thorin more unlikable? He's actually he's actually kind of a butthole in the book. No, I know, <sighs> like he's a horrible dude. But if their whole point is to like redeem his arc and like do all these things. It just feels like a weird thing to do to make this guy like such a douche. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was a dump. They are Doge is right. I mean, he is like that in in the book. But there's things that happen later too. That's like make up your mind. Yep. Really yes, how awesome he is. Like he's held in such reverence, and yet he gets punted by a wolf when yeah. he yeah. they gave him five minutes to slow mo across a burning oh yeah, tree bridge, and he just gets kicked, and he's and he's nothing and. I know that happens in movies sometimes where it leads up, but that's like a comedy. Yeah. This yep. is not... Well, and they do this thing later at the end, and I'm not jumping to the end, but I just want to... While we're talking about Thorin, they do the thing I hate that movies do where it's like, I told you that you were a waste of time. I told you, blah, 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 and I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, like, nobody talks they, like that. No. Nobody would say that. It's if so somebody stupid. said this to me, I'd be like, 
Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, maybe don't remind me of all the mean stuff before yeah, you Yeah, because then they've almost done it too much right now because we're supposed to, when he finally gets a hold of the, the heart of the mountain yeah. and he gets his mind like his dad starts going, it, we should see a bigger difference yeah. in yeah. his personality from where like he is right now. Slightly like, more mean. Same like, old oh, guy with some new shiny like, head. Um, Thanks, Sean. Imagine if I was just like, Doge, I have always said that your hair is stupid. You dress poorly. You're mean. You have no personality. You're not funny. Your glasses look stupid, and you got big ears. That but was. I could never have been more wrong about you. <laughs> like, what's yeah, nice about that though on me is you saying I was you've wrong. Said, or you've just... said a handful of things Doge can't change about himself. So, how were you wrong about his ears? They're great. They're great ears. Um, no, uh, can we talk about the goblins? Let's stuff go. Now, please? Let's go to the cartoon lair of the cartoon goblins. So I appreciate the fact. I understand that the hobbits thing is like they can pass by unnoticed in most situations. He ducks. Yeah, he ducks to get away from the right. goblins, and then tumbles mm, 250, 300 feet maybe, <laughs> and is fine. Yeah, lands in some shrooms. Yeah, yep, just okay. Um, and then also, I just have a hard time. In the way this scene is shot, once he lands at the bottom, I have a hard time believing that Gollum did not hear the ring fall out of his pocket. Yeah. When that is the only thing on this planet he cares about. I'm down with it falling out of his pocket at that point because that's legit. But the fact that it was, was like, ting, 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 tingity, ting, ting. And Go Gollum's just like, I only have one metal thing and I love it more than my own life, but yeah. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys something and I'm going to take your mind to a place you probably don't want it to go. Does Gollum have pockets in his one rag that he wears around his waist? Or, or was it in his butthole? Or was the ring in his butthole? <laughs> like like actually in... Like, I choose to believe that the ring was in his butthole. I think it was too. That is one stinky ring. <laughs> one ring to poo them all. Oh, man. And in the fuckness, bind them. God. So... Ooh, I'm trying not to be super Lord of the Rings nerdy right now. So I think it was just Bring kind it. of a movie move to make it sound so loud yeah. because this is the t it's the name of the title. It's the number one thing in the Lord of the Rings series. This is the first time we're seeing it, supposedly yeah. chronologically. Sure. Yeah. So yes, making it sound massive. I'm just saying, have some respect. For I the think. Medium. I mean. It has a mind of its own, right? It I mean, does. there are. It it's, uh, it's basically and, a horcrux. And actually, I know I've heard people say that how stupid they think it is when the ring will just like land on people's fingers. That's no, what it does. Exactly. Like, the yeah. ring actually seeks out someone to wear it. It's it saw. Man, I'm so tired of this 105 years in this butthole. Yeah. This guy, this will get me where I need to go. Yeah. Just jumps out of the boot. Yep. <laughs> and so I I I kind of rushed us to the point where. Uh, the riddles, right? Real quick, though, real quick, yeah. before this, dump on Radagast. Just like the oh, bird yeah. did. I'm going to dump on Radagast. Really? Big, big dump on Radagast. I actually pump on Radagast. Really? Cool. I think he's fun and silly. He's fun and silly, but he doesn't fit tonally. No, for like, sure thing. does like, not. You, I feel like, and we keep coming back to that, you've got to make this story either about the fun and silly adventures that this hobbit and his dwarf friends have, or you've got to make it about the super serious return of Sauron. Yeah, if he crosses his eyes... One more time. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I yeah, don't yeah. like that, but I just like Radagast as a character. What did so. you think about and his cartoon hedgehog pet that died and then didn't die? That made me sad that. and then not sad. Okay. I was fine with yeah. it. Uh, but the fact that you made the, like, Christopher Lee say, 
He eats too many mushrooms. Like, it basically yeah. is like, he's a pothead. Don't trust Radagast. I'm like, oh, but ugh. Yuck. I just didn't like it. Yeah, it's nope. just dumb. But rabbits I, I were cool, Radagast. though. The rabbit, yeah. sled. the rabbit sled was cool. And, and I Smoke really giant. did like the scene where he's like, I'd like to see them try. Yeah. These like, oh, are oh, oh. rabbits. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. Rabbit. Rabbit. I was rabbit. These are Jamaican Olympian rabbits. <laughs> so, the riddles. Yes. This whole section in this movie is my super pump. Me I love too. it. No way. Yeah. It was almost mine. I I could have spent the remainder of the movie down listening to Guys, Bilbo and Gollum. With I Bilbo's. would even say, so Andy Circus. Oh, who's somebody I love. of utmost respect in the movie world Ugh. outside of it just trans my favorite actors of all time and we'll get we'll we'll get to meet him in Prisoner of Azkaban Gary Oldman's my number one favorite actor of all time because mm-hmm. he's he can transform and I'll get to fangirl on that later Andy Serkis does the same yeah. but oh modernized gosh, yes. like in terms of he's Caesar from the well, uh, he invented the technology that they he use. Did. Yep. Absolutely. That is unbelievable. Absolutely. Yep. And I would say, I super pumped this moment because I would say this may be some of his best work as Smeagol. I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I never had a doubt in my mind that he would try and overdo it. Yeah. No. Uh, just because of who he is. I remember when I read the books, this, this moment terrifies me mm-hmm. because everyone gets to... It's very different. So my super pump about Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone for our friends across the pond was uh, Alan Rickman as Snape because I thought this was exactly how I imagined it. Right. This is not, I think, how many people imagined Smeagol to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even when some of us had like what we saw in the cartoon or what we saw in drawings, he's yeah. almost lizard-like or turtle-like at right. times. Uh, but what Andy Serkis did was, I mean, he just kind of recreated it yeah. and it was really him. And I thought this was so stinking good. Yes. And it, it felt like, to me, this was the most Lord of the Rings moment in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Was this moment of pure Bilbo, Gollum, head to head. I mean, practically plucked from the page. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and you had to. This was, this was, I feel like this was also Peter Jackson's favorite part. Oh, it yeah, had I to think be, right? for someone who had there was loved, so much he love loved Lord of the Rings yeah. so much too in Tolkien. I mean, this was a, this is a precious moment in the entire series. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Didn't mean to. I really didn't. Nice. <laughs> and I also love that this sort of foreshadows why Gollum has a violent reaction to the name Frodo Baggins later on and doesn't like the Bagginses and those yep. types of things. That's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is the moment I was talking about. This is the diamond. Inside of the sort of, it's the ring, the solid gold ring inside the butthole inside the of butthole. this movie. <laughs> so, oh. so we like the things that are happening underneath Goblin City. Everything up top is a dump. Let's let's travel back upward. Everything into up Goblin top City. Is, a dump. is there As, anything to talk about here other than to say that it's all bad? Gandalf's return is actually pretty dope. It's always, the, it's always, yeah. Uh, they, the Goblin King. When he's like, that'll about do it. Like after that'll he gets sliced so, in the gut. Oh my gosh. And the yep. entire the time most where they're Magoo running around. 10 minutes I've ever seen yeah. in my life. <laughs> the whole time, all I could think is. Yes, some of the fighting is, I'm, some of it's cool. Like I enjoy yeah. that. And they could have done a really, really, I don't think it was an awful job of CGI. No. I think they used CGI well. Also, this is 2012. It's not the, 
Neville Longbottom hanging from Hogwarts in 2001. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we can't really compare the two because they didn't have the same right. stuff to work with. But I mean, this is just trying to be escape from the minds again, right? Like yeah, that's, that's, that's all thing. this is trying to do is just find oh, the yeah, glory of we the have minds the, of Moria. Something the Lord of the Rings series does really well is the kind of pull the camera back when, yes, and, and, yep. and then you have them coming through all of these epic scenes. Yeah. And, and you're right. It was almost trying because they gave us a bridge. When I mean, they gave us Helm's a bridge with an antagonist. That's right. Yeah. It, and it was that's the chief sin of this movie, I think, is that it tries so hard to be the to fellowship of the ring. Yeah. And it's just Which not. is what Guillermo del Toro was not going to do. Right. Yeah. Well, and the, my, my big thing is is in fellowship, and maybe this is nostalgia goggles for the movie itself, but in fellowship We'll find out in like three weeks, right? Yeah, that's true. But we I, I love everybody. I love the entire fellowship. Every character is so wonderful and so fleshed out. And then you have this where it's like, I can't even name half of these dwarves. Right. Like, yep. The Fellowship alone is nine people. Yeah. And all we have here is just six more. But it's not like the Fellowship was the only characters we got connected to in the Lord of the right. Rings series. Yeah. Right. They were able to do that well with three movies. Yep. You had the same amount of time and you never are able to do the same thing. No. And I think it's just because the bones aren't there. Correct. Like we're trying to, we have this skeleton and it's a, it's a cat skeleton and we're trying to put everything on it that we can to make it a dog. And it just, the bones aren't there. Yeah. That is very Guillermo del Toro of you. Yeah. Uh, analogy. That was crazy. I'm about to get fired from this morbid. podcast and take all my designs with me. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we should just talk about, yeah, it would actually be that you do design everything. Um, I guess we should talk about the quote unquote climactic battle. Yeah. Let's talk about on the peak of, the thing yeah. with the trees. Yeah. It may, it's just bad, right? I mean, yeah. It's not good. Like, it's boring. I I think that's the chief sin of this yeah. movie to me is that it is just a boring movie. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I. The flaming pine cones was. That was cool. Fun. I mean, that's. I from, mean, they go up into a tree. Book. Like, yeah. the, all yeah. the wolves chase them into these trees. Right. Yeah. And then the eagles save them off the top of the trees. But yeah. They, they just. Uh, well, that's a scene from the book, and that's that's kind of a transitional scene where it's like right. that's the end of this episode. We're about to start the next episode, but they tried to make it this big point in the narrative by bringing in the pale orc, and it's these orcs riding their wargs that have been hunting them the whole time, and it just doesn't work here because this moment can't support that. It's so different than putting all the focus on Snape because you think he's the bad guy, but it's actually another big bad. Yeah, they. It's so different than that because now it's just like, oh, oh, are you trying to change my mind as to the whole root of what evil is in this world? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think this movie suffers a little from the prequel thing that happens sometimes where it's like, I don't really know how to care about this because like, I know that in 60 years time, the ultimate evil will be released on Middle yeah. Earth. And a true, genuine struggle for the fate of the entirety of existence is going to take place. Yeah. So I don't know that I really care about one dwarf's familial revenge. Yeah. The, like, only, the only prequel movie I have ever seen with genuine stakes was Rogue One. Right. Because the character, we don't know what happens to these characters. But like, it's like, I'm harping on Star Wars a lot. I have a, a big chip on my shoulder about Star Wars right too, now. Don't worry about it. Um, but it's like the trailer for Solo where it showed Chewbacca about to die. Nobody watches that and goes, oh my gosh, Chewie, I hope he's going to be okay. Yeah, for real. Because he's in a million movies after this. But it's the same thing with this. It's like, there are no stakes because we know, ultimately, this isn't what this story is about. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. That's and, why I had to try and focus so much on anytime I got Gandalf and Bilbo together, Gandalf or Bilbo separately, 
because yeah. this that is the core of it. Okay, yeah. the, this relationship really that develops in this story is the whole reason that things happen later. It's like, right. hey, yeah. because we're college buds, I'm, I'm going to help you get a you. job someday. Yeah, you know, and and I think that's sort of what it is. I think you nailed it. That if we know that the story that they're really trying to tell is the necromancer, I don't care about the dwarf stuff. Yeah, and if the story had just been. This is the story of how Bilbo found the ring and helped dwarves return to their home. I think I probably could have bit. Yeah. I think I probably could have bit. Well, a it bit. works. And it's like we have decades since the book was published to know that that story works when it's paired with Lord of the Rings. Right. We don't have to try and reinvent the wheel. Like, no. And again, I really would have been fine with another movie that was about Gandalf and this thing with the necromancer and like maybe a little more of like a investigative type movie of like what's going on here. And fi- like that bridge would have been cool. Yeah. It, uh, it, and it's not even that I, cause one of my favorite scenes involves the necromancer's information, not the necromancer himself. He looked awful, but yeah, the necromancer's information was so cool, but I agree that in this movie, it has no business. So if you want a trilogy, imagine it's this. It's dangerous instead of the business Hobbit. walking out the Hobbit. Exactly. If you want a trilogy, imagine this. Do it. In, instead of three movies called The Hobbit, we have one movie called The White Council. We have yeah, we have a movie called Easy Middle those, Earth those colon four. The Hobbit. Gandalf the Return. Middle Earth colon The White Council. Middle Earth colon The Necromancer yeah. or something like that. And it's these three stories, but each of them is their own self-contained story, and we don't try and sustain a narrative across all three because there's just there's enough material present. I mean, goodness knows that that Tolkien wrote enough to flesh out. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. many more stories, well, but it just it doesn't work. And that would take care of a lot of people's complaints about the Hobbit trilogy of, you know, Legolas yeah. and what's her name, Tar- Tariel. Tariel. I forgot that Legolas is in these later. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, and and to me, it doesn't really. That kind of stuff doesn't really bother me specifically because it wasn't in the Hobbit book. That's not why it bothers me. What bothers me is there's a reason it wasn't in the Hobbit. Yeah, we don't need it. Yeah, you know. Yep. But so the movie ends with Smog's eye opening. We all knew that was going to happen. Yep. So we they hug on top of Pride Rock, I guess, <laughs> and then yeah, we we get that shot inside Erebor and the credits roll, and we all say, "What a great Lord of the Rings movie that was." Yeah, it was tough. I remember going to see this because I do love Lord of the Rings so much, mm. and being I was I was so excited for it. I really tried to be an optimist because I was hearing all the stuff about how yeah. Warner Brothers was being bullies and things like that. And then I couldn't even lie to myself. I was like, "This is not the same." I will see good. all of these yeah. in theaters. I will. Yep. But this is not. I tricked myself for like the first week or two after it came out. I was like, honestly, it was really, really good. Like, mm. really good. The yeah. Last Jedi effect. The Last Jedi. I did it with Batman vs Superman too. I left yep. Batman vs Superman. Like, oh, so, I mean, like, I. Re-, and then I think later, I was just like, I just wanted to like it. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how it turned out. Well, while we're talking about our response to this movie, I think it's a great time to segue into rating this into movie. Into Regway. Excuse me? You're trying to do my thing. I'm that, trying that's to do my your thing. thing. Don't yeah. do my thing. Okay. Do Try your not. thing. Try that's not. really embarrassing. Do your thing. We can, we can, Adam, can we, can we cut that later? We can cut that. Adam says we can cut Just that Just cut later. me completely Just out of the podcast. you're not in it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have perfected movie rating. Science did it. We did it. It's called the Scientific Cinema Scale, and it is as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy Buy that poster. poster. The next best thing we can ever say is to buy it. After that, it's going to be rented. 
Following that would be stream it. Below that would be forget it. And last and very much least, the worst thing we could ever say. God God hath forsaken forsaken us. Who wants to go first? Me do. Me do. Uh, Stream. Okay. It was a stream for me. And it's tough for me to start this way because I don't know if it gets too much better as we go through this series. Sure. (laughs) But it, it really was. I think this was only maybe the third time I've seen it because I was just so... It made me sad. Like, yep. if I'm going to get a Lord of the Rings fix, I will either read one of the books yeah. or just watch the trilogy. Yeah. Um, it did It did not... And it felt like a... I don't know. It just felt disrespectful to Tolkien. Yeah. I mean, Tolkien yep. is... In, in fictional writing, is known as being one of the most in-depth. He's like, yeah. It was all there. And then something outside of that in, in the movie production world really bullied this thing into being something it it should never have yeah. been. So yep. it's a stream for me. So we're agreeing that the most important thing in this movie, the part that we liked the most was Smeagol uh, and Bilbo with the ring and the butthole, right? Oh, for right? me, that's easy, yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to say forget this movie because we don't need that because that gets told to us later. Right. I think it's the beginning of Return of the King. Am I remembering that correctly? Or maybe it's the beginning of the Two Towers. There's one that starts with a flashback of Smeagol before he was Gollum and we get the whole story of he Oh, had, Deagle. Yeah, he had the ring and then all of this stuff and we don't need any of that to be its own thing. So, if you like Lord of the Rings, you won't like The Hobbit. So, forget it. Wow, okay. Yeah, uh this is a stream it for me. Um this is this one in particular is enough for me to go, hey, Martin Freeman's a good Bilbo. Hey, I like to see Gandalf again. The music is beautiful. Gollum and Bilbo down in the caverns is great. I'm good. So I think I think this is a a, a soft stream it, but a soft on the underside versus yeah. the top, you know? Yeah. Um, definitely not closer to rent, but uh, <laughs> this is this is gonna be a stream for me. Yeah, and I love without without everyone being so vocal as like bashing it on a podcast, culture has basically forgotten the Hobbit series after it's come out. Yeah, cinematically, culture is like you kids. Kids are never going to look up to. I'm a big fan of Balin. Yeah. Or, <laughs> well, my favorite villain's the Goblin King. Like they forgot it. Like yeah. Smaug is big, and then the characters we've had before are still favorites of a lot of people, but. Culture forgot this series. Yeah, nobody loves Killy. No. Yeah. I just want to take a little bit of time to give some shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. This series has been received so well, and we are only two episodes in. It is clear that there are a lot of fans of both and of just these epic Do You Believe in Magic? So we'll just quit while we're ahead then. Yeah, we're no more episodes. So we're done. Shout yeah. out to you guys. You made me realize we don't need to do anymore. I specifically have one for Colin Harima. Yeah. Colin Harima is in a fantasy football league with me, and I did not know this was a layer of he, but it is a legitimate, he is a fantasy head. Like he uh. loves Harry Potter, loves Lord of the Rings, consumes as much as he can of the hey, two. Heck yeah. And he is he is our I know that lifestyle. He is, <laughs> yeah. I, I would even say an expert on it. He gave me cool. some very detailed stuff. Yeah. Um he agrees with a lot that we have to say. Uh and then he might be someone that I bring up later in our series because he he might be basically our 
our what would you call it? Like he's our fact checker. He's our fact checker. Like yeah. he he was doing some down to the minute stuff of what we talked about, and that's going to be a valuable asset for us to have. So, dude, thank you so much. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Shout out to Colin. That he actually was- sent me a Facebook message as well, just sort of saying like. Thanks for making the show and, and he that he really enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's and awesome. Colin's one of many that very recently has happened. That's what I love about this series because I think we're going to get some more people on board. More people love this than the Fast and Furious series. Yeah, not that's safe to say. That's safe to say just because there's so much of it. But um, Colin's story was basically he. I'm going to give it a chance because either because I know you or I love Harry Potter. And then he listened and. He's all about it. And yeah. so that's that's why we want to continue to have you shout us out to your friends yeah, yeah, yeah. to get them on board. And uh, another shout out that I want to give is uh, to a young man named Andre Davidson for putting us in his uh, Instagram story, telling people to check out the episode. Thank you so much, Andre, my favorite temporary roommate. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, last but certainly not least, we want to give a shout out to Colton Kingston for texting us his thoughts and opinions on last week's episode. Always encouraging, always welcome. Much encouraging. Thank you so much, Colton. Yes, sir. If you want to hear your name here, we have kind of a new game plan for you. So we, if you've been following us for a while, you know that we are all about our hashtag official chunkies. We we were. were all about oh, our hashtag. So we started this hashtag before we had social media as just kind of a way to track who's listening and who's liking our show. Now that we have social media, we're, we're everywhere. You can find us. If you throw a rock, you're going to hit something, two chunks and a hunk. Mm. So Don't throw rocks, though. Don't throw rocks, though. But throw pine cones. Instead Light of posting with the hashtag official chunky, you can just tag us yeah. and stuff. At two or you chunks can, and a hunk. Or you can comment on our stuff or you can message us on Instagram. But just because you no longer have a hashtag, I don't want you to get it crossed. You will always be an official chunky. In our hearts, in our lives, and maybe in person. Another way you can be an official chunky is by going to our website and sending in your pumps and dumps, your rating, your review of any movie that we're we're about to review. Or of us as people. Or of us as people. And if you don't know what movies we're doing, head to twochunksandhunk.com backslash magic to see our full release schedule for this current series. Yup. Uh, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Wax Space. Uh, I brought them yeah. up last week. We're we got some new digs. We're, we're in a new we uh, recording here studio here. Costa Looks very chunk. much like uh, almost like Hagrid's home. We're Ooh. just kind of in the middle of this wilderness of Wax Space. There's a fireplace. To, there's a yeah, little baby dragon. There's a baby egg. dragon on the way, expecting dads. <laughs> um, Wax Space has been congrats to us. Great to us. Yeah, and and, and yeah. Um, doing a lot of this. For very cheap, also known as free. Yeah, and so yeah. Yeah. thank cheapest. you, Wax Space. If, if you, there's Wax a place Space. that um, maybe you don't have a home in terms of your job, like where you're working, you freelance, you do stuff on your own independently. Normally, it's perhaps a laptop or a desk at your house. You can use Wax Space. You should yeah. come and check see out Wax what they have to offer. Sure. Uh, likely better amenities than your pantry and fridge. So give it a shot. Yes. Last but certainly not least, we want to ask you, if you like the show and you enjoy what you're listening to, the number one thing that you can do to help us out is to go onto iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and give us a good rating and review. Do it. That is genuinely the best thing you can do for us if you love us at all. 
Speaking of helping out the show, we would love it if you could tell your friends you're listening. Yeah, We don't please. pay to advertise this show, and we certainly don't get paid no. to advertise anything on this show. It's a love project. It's a, it's a, it really is a labor of love. We yeah. do it because we love movies, and we love talking about them, and we love getting to share this experience with you and yeah. build this kind of community. So if you know somebody that would be super into this, or if you know somebody that just might be kind of into this, just tell them about it. Send a link. Yeah. Send them to our Instagram. Send them to our website. We're always looking to meet new official Chunkies. Yes. Yes, we are. I would like to close today Uh-oh. with each of us giving our best Gollum impression. Oh. Can you give us something to say? What do yes. Say? The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. Great. And I think since we're all going to sound exactly like Gollum... Somebody should say who just said that, right? Because this is an audio medium, so no one can see our mouths moving right. when we're each doing our perfect Let's just announce Smeagol ourselves. Impression. This is me, Jordan, you know, like, like sure. let's do one of those. Okay. You want me to go first? Yeah. <clears throat> this is going to be really bad. <clears throat> this is me, Jordan, reading lines as Gollum from the movie The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, or An Unexpected Philosopher for Our Friends Across the Pond. Take one. Precious. End scene. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay. <laughs> this is me, Doge, uh, part of a table read for the character of Gollum from the Lord of the Rings franchise. Uh, I will be performing selections from the Reigns in Spain. And here we go. The rains and spring for mostly the plays. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Definitely haven't practiced before. <gasps> okay. I have. And this is Carter reading as Gollum, trying out for a part in the film My Precious Lady. <laughs> <laughs> On the plane. Carter, what? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Circus has been Andy the Circus. Building. Thank you, Andy. For Andy Circus, I'm Doge. I'm Andy Circus. Um. <laughs> uh, we are Carter. Bum ba dum bum 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 bum. Goodbye. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.